Hello. This moment right here is an amazing and special moment. It's been a long time coming. Moments of Mindset, the podcast. This is my very first episode. And to all you listeners out there, thank you so very much. As a bonus, I want to keep always adding value with everything that I do, with every resource I share. So I'll be brief with this one. The first episode is Have I Told You Today How Much I Love You? And it really talks about the the power of love and how it shapes, how it transforms, how it motivates. And I'm throwing in a bonus episode too. The pain and the pleasure of what ifs. We play the what if game all the time. And it gives the positive and the negatives. But this first episode, these first two episodes, this is just the beginning of the journey of me sharing pulling back the curtain, bringing you in, showing the vulnerability, and wanting to share my life experiences and the things, the mindset, of course, the habits and the massive action plans and the things that I've implemented in my life that have helped move the barometer towards me being the best version of myself so I can help each and every one of you listeners out there and the more listeners to come be the best version of yourselves. This is a community. This is a family. This is a tribe where we, this is a safe space. I'm using my platform and my voice to bring everybody together here. Share your fears. Share your limiting beliefs. We're going to smash those. You are going to be loved and supported here. And I'm so honored to have this platform to share with you. So enjoy these episodes. I poured my heart and soul into them. Share with a friend. Like, follow, comment, give me feedback. I need that so I can continue to get better and give you what you need, what you deserve. That's my loving and ethical obligation. Enjoy. I look forward to sharing more. I love you all. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you for lending me your ears and opening up your hearts to the words and the experiences that I share on a wide variety of topics. The overarching theme of what I'll speak about, write about, create about is love and how empowering it is when it comes to any aspect in life. Repairing relationships, going towards your ultimate goals and dreams. I mean, a myriad of things. And for my personal journey, discovering and cultivating self love 
is what has brought me to this point today where I am obsessed with helping others achieve the best level of themselves because I know if they can find and nurture the self-love inside them, awaken that, the realm of possibilities for your life. You could look up in the sky and try to count all the stars across the vastness of the sky that still wouldn't scratch the surface on the possibilities in your life. Especially when it's infused in love. And what I'd just like to share today is something I've been doing the past four to six months. I believe it started right after I released my first collection of literary pieces. I wrote a lot on love and just the self-love journey and the importance of my why. But what I started saying to people, people in my inner circle, the people that I truly, truly cared about, have I told you today how much I love you? And when I started doing it, it was unsolicited. It would I would say people, hey, come here, let me, hey, come here real quick. And they would come over, oh, what, what's, what's going on? Have I told you today how much I love you? And their reaction was one of such endearing surprise. Like, did he just say what I think he just said? And in today's day and age, you know, my ethical and loving obligation is to be as vulnerable as I can so that others out there know that it's okay to be vulnerable. And for years, when I when it comes to my friends, the people that are like in my inner circle, my inner dot, I have no problems looking them in the eye. Man to man, I love you. I love you, bro. And, you know, at first, there were a handful that you, you could see and understand the uh, how uncomfortable that made some of them. And there could be a, a, a wide array of reasons for that. Maybe it's the one man telling another man who's not actually blood. Maybe that's uncomfortable. Maybe just the topic of expressing love verbally. Like it could be a myriad of things. But for me, I have to do that. If I love you, I'm going to tell you I love you. And it doesn't come with any sort of strings or any attachments or any underlying quid pro quo type of deals. It's not that. One of the things I will share is losing my best friend 21 years ago. You'll hear this amazing man's name, Donald Ray McGill. You know, he passed away in a car accident April 2nd, 2000. And his mom and I are are still extremely, extremely close. 
But when he passed away, we hadn't been in contact, not because we had a falling out and we weren't talking to each other. Just at that particular time, we're both 20, 21 years old. And we were at different places in our lives, different places in our journey. We were trying to you know, navigate through college and universities to find what our niche, what our path could be. And I'll never forget the call on April second, you know, more that morning, getting the call and, and hearing about the accident that he was in. And I'm an extremely visual person, so just hearing about my, you know, different details of the accident, I kind of put my plate myself in, like, man, what, what were his last thoughts? What was he thinking? Maybe had questions, and then started thinking about he and I's relationship and I wondered if he knew how much I loved him because it had been a long time since I told him that and I had known Donald since we were in middle school and you know all those years spent all those precious times and I wondered that like did I show did I do enough that he fully understood how he f- I felt about him and how much I loved him. Because that was my brother. Like, we, you know, sports and basketball brought us together as, as friends and brothers, but it was that texture of just caring and growing and 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 being there for one another that, added so many layers to our friendship and you know when he passed away so suddenly that really rocked my world in terms of not knowing like if I were to pass away would the people that are close to me know how much I truly love them how much they truly meant to me do I tell them enough? Do I show them enough? What are the small little things I can do to put a smile on their face so that when I am gone, it could be that small little thing that's a reminder of how much I love them as humanly possible as I could. And a quick side note, you know, that's what his passing is what really lit a fire underneath me to write. I was an awful communicator back then, and writing started out as therapy for me. I always did it through school because I loved reading and I loved writing. It was a fleeting hobby at best. But then in college, just trying to figure out this journey of life and experiencing that loss, I didn't know which way to turn. So thankfully, I turned to one of the gifts that I was given, writing. And I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And it eased whatever that was. And then along with that, you know, really telling people on a consistent basis, hey, I'm there if you need me. I had an obsession with that. In, in all earnest, just in this conversation right now that I'm sharing, it really has dawned on me the friends that 
are present or that I interact with on a on a regular basis versus those that I don't really interact with and thinking about how that friendship may or may not have been on a solid foundation, hence why they aren't presently in my lives and I realized that I was putting a lot of people in inner circle places based off my obsession with not wanting to have that feeling of loss from somebody that I was close to who may or may not have known whether or not I loved them. And again, that's not fair to those friends because they had no idea. I didn't articulate that to them. But just in conversation right now, that thought just came into my head and I wanted to share that. But yeah, that's a powerful, have I told you today how much I love you? I remember a couple of months ago, I was at my sister, Pam Williams. I was at her house and she was busy in the kitchen kind of doing some stuff. I said, hey, hey, Pam, Pam, come here, come here, come here quick. She was okay. Now, come here. She came over. She looked kind of had a concerning look in her eye like, man, what's going on? You could keep calling me over here. I said, have I told you today? How much I love you. And to see her sm- her face just start to light up. And she was like, aww. I was like, yo, I love you so much. I'm proud of you. And just in that moment, you realize that we go through our day so much on task. Whether it's with work. Whether it's with family. And how often... Do we hear those words? How often are we randomly saying those words to the people that really mean the most to us? So if you're listening and there are people in your life who truly mean everything to you, make it a habit of telling them how much You love them, how much they mean to you, how thankful you are to have them in their lives. I call people and tell them that, text people and tell them that, I leave voicemails, voice memos, in person, face to face. I love my niece Ryan. I've done it so much with her that. Whenever I say, have I told you today how much I love you? She'll say, no. And obviously that's my cue to tell her, you know what? I love you so very much today, Ryan. So I say, I love you too, Uncle. And then also for me, as I was saying it to individuals, you know, to people, to my loved ones, to my close friends, I was sitting and thinking, you know, with regard to self-love, that actually is a question that you could ask yourself when you look in the mirror when you're brushing your teeth. Have I told you today how much I love you? We got to start getting in the habits of 
celebrating ourselves, not in a braggadocious or cocky or look at me type of way. But we have to instill and continue to build our confidence every day because in today's society and and not just today, but for many, many years, the world itself is going to tell you why you're not good enough. But you are good enough. You're perfect just right where you are. One of the things I share with my daughter as an affirmation is have her look in the mirror and say, I love me. As she gets older, that'll be, have I told you today how much I love you? And if you haven't told yourself that or you're not in the habit of telling yourself that, how can you really be in the habit of telling somebody else that and telling them from a place of non-judgment, of not wanting something, of just, I love you. You might not know what that person's going through, but when you randomly show an act of love like that, that could move mountains. So for those of you out there listening, have I told you today how much I love you? Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Welcome to Moments of Mindset, the podcast. There was a subheading. There'll be conversations of clarity. Thank you for allowing me to be your guide, to allow you to allow me to be your moderator. Topic for the day. The pain and the pleasure of what if the what ifs the pain and the pleasure of that that word those feelings associated with that word the emotions that are attached to that word And before I really dive in, I would be remiss if I did not honor one of my closest friends, a man that pushes me, a man that inspires me and motivates me and challenges me to continue to take that uncomfortable action. Mr. Ches McGavitt, owner proprietor of Canatown site open now, store open now, get your merch. He has an amazing concept, and I'll bring him on Moments of Mindset so he can share it. But he is the first official sponsor of Moments of Mindset, the podcast. Can I get a round of applause for him seeing my vision? 
seeing my passion and allowing me, blessing me to be a part of his vision, however I can. And one of Chez's geniuses, he's a magnificent and masterful supporter. He'll say it himself. He's a number one cheerleader. He will urge you on and in a way that gets you where you need to be. So Chef Chezzy, my friend, my brother, congratulations on everything that you have done, currently doing, and will continue to do. Thank you for honoring me and gracing me with being the first sponsor of the Moments of Mindset, the podcast. But the what ifs, and of course today I I use basketball. I was at the gym today and it gets a little deeper. I won't digress too much, but basketball really is therapy for me. It's a space where I can go and I can shoot and I can flow and I can find that flow state. I can get into conversations. That round ball that I attached my identity to, that I allowed my failures, my missteps, to anchor in my fears and anchor down my success. Now is a place, it's a space to create, to connect. The what ifs, the pain. Oh, what if I had signed with Seton Hall? When Tommy Amaker personally called and talked to me, gave me advice hey, you got to make sure you work on your left hand, get that stronger, but I have an extra scholarship. Would you like to come? I had already sent out my letter of intent to the University of Nebraska and the Lincoln, the Cornhuskers, to play college basketball for them. So post my career, I would look back and like, man, closer to Jersey, <clears throat> Big East Conference, guard heavy. Like, what if, what if, what if, what if? Years ago, I used to play that. And that what if would bring somewhat of a despair, knocking, scratching, hand on a doorknob, twisting the knob of depression. Because I felt it many times throughout my life, like looking back and how I felt after a situation where I dropped the ball or dropped the baton or I failed or I flat out lost. So sitting and stewing in all those conversations that you hear, oh man, you got so much potential to do this. You got so much potential to do that. Hearing whispers of, damn, he dropped the ball again. When is he going to figure it out? Is he going to figure it out? Man, I didn't know if you'd make it. All those whispers play inside. And they anchor in those limiting beliefs, those fears. Those when you want to shoot the game winning shot, but you short arm it because you don't really have the confidence. Because you hear all this noise. That sort of what if. What if I hadn't gotten fired from my first sales job as a pharmaceutical sales rep because of my lack of effort, because my passion wasn't in that. Once I saw 
some of the inner workings of the bureaucracy of the company? What if I hadn't proposed? What if I hadn't gotten a divorce? So many what ifs that can be emotionally draining and when you think about it, it doesn't bring a smile nor a grin to your face. More like chagrin and you feel somewhat of a disgrace. How are you going to live your life? Are you going to live your life through the what ifs of the past that drag you through the mud, leave you scarred with thorns and bruises and nicks and scratches? Not only to your physical, but your emotional, your well-being, your mental health. Is that what you want to continue to attach your life to? Those what-ifs? I'm an avid fan of Alice in Wonderland. My obsession is how deep does that rabbit hole go? That rabbit hole towards how I can love on humankind by sharing my experiences. Because at the end of the day, if we talk long enough and we open up, we share like minds and commonalities. So the beautiful side, the pleasure that'll get the hairs to stand up on the back of your neck, that'll get your heart fluttering, butterflies in your stomach, that pleasure, that what if I hadn't dropped my keys because I was on my way out the door and I get a phone call and it's a phone call that changes my life because it's about a deal that I've been waiting to hear about and they said yes. Oh, But you might have missed that call if you hadn't have dropped your keys or forgot something to run back in? What if in your rush, in your haste, when you really truly believe that you're running late for something, but maybe you're early to something that's more beneficial and you happen to run into somebody that can help further along your career aspirations or maybe that's the friend that you get that leads to that special love in your life that what if so specifically for me today the what if i went to the gym and again small digression i'm sore from working out a few days ago i did biceps and i've been in the gym my entire life and all i did i did two sets on biceps Two sets of 12 with 30-pound dumbbells. That's it. I'm out. Thank you very much for playing. It wasn't like I did dumbbell curls, hammer curls, easy bar curls, straight bar curls, cable isolation. I didn't do all that. I did a minimal, but my body is feeling like really sore and really tight. So at this part, at this juncture in my life, what am I doing that for? I'm not going to the gym to get bulky or swole. I'm really going to the gym, obviously, for making sure the alignment in my body, I feel strong. I feel that vitality. That's what I'm going for. 
So now in these past couple of days of me going in that gym and shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting and letting it fly, no matter what the outcome, the end result is knowing that I'm going to get into a zone mentally, emotionally for my day. So the what if, what if I had not gotten up at the time that I got up at to go to the gym to shoot around? What if normally today would have been shoulders? So I'd have gotten on a cardio machine for 15 minutes and I've done my cardio, my, my shoulder workout. Then going in the gym, probably put some shots up just to loosen up. What if I had done that? Then what happened today wouldn't have occurred. So I go into the gym. There are four gentlemen that are shooting, playing two on two. Hey, gentlemen, how are you all? Go down to the other end, put my bag down, start to shooting around, laying the ball up, no big deal, listening to music, kind of getting in the groove. Gentleman comes into the gym. He's obviously that side of the course occupied, comes down, starts shooting with me. Perfect. Going through our routine. We're both zoning out, up, up, give a little head nod. What's going on, man? All right, cool. Keep shooting, keep shooting. The group down, the other end, they leave. And I can tell by his form, he's a lefty. So I can tell his form, he's shooting. And the way he's moving, his footwork, he's played organized ball somewhere. And I gravitate to those kind of guys. I want to pick their brains a little bit, see where they've been. So he gets to dribbling up the court. Other side, pull-up jump shot. I was like, hmm, I can get warmed up. So I kind of follow the leader, kind of do my thing, do a little pull-up. He goes. So we kind of go in a cycle. We're just kind of doing our thing. And at one point... He's shooting a free throw. Spins the ball once. One dribble. Shot. Follow through. I was like, huh. Now, again, he's left-handed. I shoot right-handed. That's my exact same routine. Spin the ball once. One dribble. Shoot. start walking towards him I take one of my earbuds out he smiles I smile I said man that is the exact free throw routine that I have his name is Ryan Brewer shout out to Ryan Brewer so we get into this amazing 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 conversation we're talking about basketball and you know he's like yeah I saw you shooting did you play before I was like yeah I played back in the day I told him to play the University of Nebraska, 97, 98, kind of gave a history. And when I told him the year I kind of graduated high school, freshman year of college, now he was from Cleveland. He, was, he lives in Cleveland. He went to school out in Cleveland, Texas. And he said, man, I knew a guy who played basketball at Tulsa who was from Cleveland, and he played on a home school. And I said, HCYA? He was like, yeah. And he said, Robbie Johnson? I said, I know him. We played against each other. Matter of fact, before we both went off to college, we played a basketball league at Fondy in preparation to go to our colleges. It was kind of like a pre, not going away, but it was like a league of soon-to-be collegiate athletes to get together and compete before they go off to college. So we get into a conversation. I was like, yo, the finite details 
of our lives, if you take a second and see how conversations are interwoven so intricately without you having to have any of your input feelings or anything, it was meant for me to have that conversation with Mr. Ryan Brewer. He told me about his story and his path, and we had similar paths. We were both fathers at a young age, yet athletes with aspirations to play professionally, and we both had decisions on which way we were going to take, and he asked me about that. And I shared with him some of my fears and limiting beliefs that were attached to my failures in my basketball career. And how now through 10 years, 10 years of a spiritual journey, and it's still going, but the solid years of re tearing down to the foundation, to the ground and rebuilding it up to find out what your purpose is. How can you impact people with the gifts and the talents you were given, with the voice that you were given? How can you do that? I sat in it. So I shared my story and I told them that, I'm planning on launching my podcast and I'm working on it. Hey, what's the name? Moments of Mindset, the the podcast. And what it's about, seeking clarity, knowing that you have a choice every single day. That when those 10 toes hit the ground and you can stand up or whether you're sitting down, if you're able-bodied and you have a breath inside you, and brain cells that are working in unison for the greater good, then you put your best foot forward. Whomever you are, doesn't matter your ethnicity, doesn't matter your sexual orientation, religious beliefs, spiritual beliefs, color creed, color size, doesn't matter. We all come from that spirit, that energy of genius. What are you going to choose? We've all felt that pain. We've had some instances of pleasure. And if not, you still have an opportunity for that. Because guess what? If you're listening to this right now, every time I'm able to sit here and look you in the eye, And that's what I do. I envision looking you in your eye, smiling at you as you smile back at me as I share and I pull back and I let you inside my vulnerability. And that's okay. I'm going to stand up on it. Because if it's a hundred words or if it's one word, if you get something out of that and even in between, then I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And I need you each and every one of you, not for metrics or analytics when it comes to this podcast, but I need your feedback. I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this because it's a platform for me to share with you where I was in the darkness and how I came to light and how I want my experiences to be a bridge, to be this arm reaching back into that darkness to let you know that there's a way out. And I will sit here day after day after day after day bearing my soul into this mic and in front of this camera for anybody that's listening. One person 
That's all I need. And I need your feedback. Let me know. If something doesn't resonate with you, tell me. If you want me to dive deeper in something, tell me. This is a mutually synergistic relationship. I give, I share, hopefully receive. When you receive and you can implement and you get that next level of abundance and that success and that fulfillment and you share with me so I can help share with others, yo, that's a tribe. That's a give and take. Nobody feels robbed. Nah, I wouldn't do that to y'all. I wouldn't. It's my loving and ethical obligation to come in here and share so we can heal. I know there's chaos. I know there is uncertainty. You're scared for your families. You're scared for yourself. You don't know what's coming around the corner. You don't know if there's another shutdown or not. You don't know if you're going to be able to have access to your family should something happen. And depending on where you are around the country, you don't know if you're going to have electricity. You don't know when the next natural disaster is coming. You don't know if that when that comes, are we going to have help? Am I going to be able to protect my family, provide for my family, be there to love of my family and friends? Am I going to be able to do that? That's why I do that, so I can infuse and inject love and hope and unwavering love to let you know that if you're feeling less than a rock star, I'm going to, and this community and tribe is going to love you until you feel like the rock star that you are. And when you're feeling like a rock star, let's go. We're going to celebrate you, pom-poms or not. What if are you going to fall victim to the pain of the what ifs that are in the past that are gone and no longer exist they're an illusion are you going to bask in the presence are you going to bask in the grace of the what ifs what if i hadn't walked over to ryan brewer and started this conversation and i mentioned my podcast moments of mindset the podcast hey what platform are you putting it on rodney I will let you know. Let me get your number. Let me get your information. He's like, listen, let me know so I can listen in. I shared my story with him. What if? Think about it. What if? And as before he left, we're shooting around a little bit, and he kind of got in the zone where he's a little around the world, hit a shot from the baseline, move up a little bit. I'm passing the ball. I'm getting a rebound pass. And he makes it all the way around to the other baseline, and he misses, starts to walk off the court. No, 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 no. Come on back over here. You got to finish on the make. You know the drill. So he shoots, misses. Shoots, misses. Five, six, whatever. I'm merging them all. Hey, almost. Just a small little adjustment because I can see. His legs were a little tired, so he was over jumping when it was the shot after it being short. I was like, man, just relax and shoot it. But I wasn't coaching him. I was like, hey, almost there. So we hit it, swish. Yes. Let's go, bro. First thing he was like, damn, that was horrible. I said, huh? How was that, that horrible? 
He said, man, that was just horrible. I said, Ryan, I said, if for the past month you had two-a-days where you were doing shooting drills after shooting drills twice a day, two, three hours a day, four weeks straight, 30 days straight, and if you turn around and shot like that, I would say, yeah, you could probably feel as though that was horrible. But this is something that is leisureful for you in between when you're working. And he looked at me and said, man, he smiled. He said, yeah, you're right. See, that's why I'm using basketball as a what if. For me, it was at first painful. But now it's therapeutic that I'm able to share my journey in basketball, in life, and put it in a perspective that's in a digestible form. So we exchanged information, and it was an honor to talk and to share and to think about the intricacies of me not ever laying eyes or setting foot in a personal space with this gentleman, and we have a deep conversation, and we have personal contact a personal associate friend and shared between us and then I get to share some insight just basketball wise in terms of flipping his mindset because if you're going back to work and you're thinking about how horrible you shot at a basketball game recreationally with a guy you don't even know oh man leave that right here leave that horrible with the last swish that you made that's why I had that conversation to put it in perspective because I know there were times on my break I would shoot and I would have the same See, The mentality, the mindset that we both had as basketball players is you train baseline. You got to hit six out of 10 before you move from that space. Then go to the next spot, six out of 10. The next spot, six out of 10. Other baseline wing, six out of 10. Then to go to three-pointer. So analytics and training behind how many shots you need to make, and maybe at some point or some people it's 80%, whatever, to get prepared for that competition Getting your mindset for that competition, competition. You got to hit this number. Got to get, got to if you don't hit this number, you're subpar. But I'm not in that space now. And so now shooting for me, not even keeping track of the number, just flowing, puts me in a flow state. And detaching that competitive analysis workout regime regimen that I've done for years to be compared prepared for combat win or lose I don't have to do that anymore so if I don't have to do that anymore why maintain the mindset that does not cause positivity and when you attach it to the numbers of my value is such because I can hit this percentage of shots. Oof, that's a rough one. But we can go in there and enjoy the camaraderie of it. Oh, that's sort of what if. And another thing that shit that really ingrains within me that I'm in the right space, doing the right thing, sharing and bearing all. When Ryan and I were shooting and talking, there were a couple other gentlemen on the other side that were shooting a. Uh, a short Spanish gentleman. He looked like he was Spanish, but forgive me if he was not of that ethnicity. 
but he was kind of shooting around or whatever. I had stopped the ball from hitting him once, and he kind of thanked me <clears throat> when I'm leaving and going into the locker room to going to the sauna. I'm walking, and I can tell I have my earbuds in, and I can tell that he kind of wanted to say something. So I take my earbuds out. He's like, "Hey, man, I, I wanted to share this with you. Um, you know, I saw you in the gym, but man, I had an injury, and I've been working on my shot for two years, and today I hit twelve free throws in a row." To be at a place where I am able to walk in a room and people can embrace me with their story or with their wins is something that is unspeakable. And I get so much fulfillment from that. He wanted to stop me to share a win, a success of hitting 12 free throws in a row for two years. He was so ecstatic and I was like, yo, thank you for sharing that with me. We need to celebrate those wins so that when we go outside in society and the world in this chaos that we can be rooted in hope and rooted in a mindset that will get us past any obstacle, any hurdle. What if I hadn't acknowledged him? I would have missed that moment. His name is JJ. We introduced, hey, what's your name? That meant something to me that he would stop me to share that. That was the ultimate win. I don't know if it was a shoulder arm, but yo, to work tirelessly for two years and to celebrate recreationally 12 free throws in a row. What if I hadn't gone to the gym this morning? I would have missed out on this fulfillment. I would have missed out on all this loving texture of being able to share what I just shared this morning with you. What are you going to choose? What if you're going to choose the pain, the pain that we've all felt in our own way, some way, shape, or form that we had to get over? We're going to use that as anchor as it always has? Are we going to use that as rocket fuel to take us to that next level? What are you going to do? It's your choice. What if? What if, you know, we always hear all the time, we have one life to live. And this is kind of outside the box. I was thinking about this, right? What if, like back in the day, and I know I'm going to date myself, but what if, like in the video game Contra, up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, B-A-B-A, -B -A, start. And in that game, that guerrilla warfare game, that 
couch co-op game from Nintendo. You get 50 lives for entering in that code. So guess what you do when you're playing that game? You give it your all, knowing that you got another life. Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm going to go in here. Ah, ah, I got another one. I have 50 lives. So you guess what? You're going to do everything and anything. You're going to risk it all, knowing that you got another life in your back pocket. What if in our lives we thought, you know what? What if like in Jumanji when we were born, what if we had three lives or five lives? How would you live your life? Would you hold on and hoard those lives? Like, oh my God, I'm, I'm too scared to do anything because if I lose a life, I only have two left. Or are you going to take the fact that you have multiple lives and you're going to live each life to the fullest? guess what every day you wake up that's another opportunity to live your life how are you going to go into it with the mindset are you going to move and progress and be in the present and build a legacy for your future are you going to regress because of pent up not yet dealt with trauma that's been building up inside ingraining your fear nah 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 we don't do that here this is a family this is a tribe you all let me know what you need specific as you feel comfortable to get that way we can work through it together we can create the solutions together God, thank you so much for allowing me the space to share, for lending me your ears, lending me your hearts, lending me your soul as I bear mine to you. Thank you for locking arms with me today in today's episode of Moments of Mindset, the podcast, the pain and pleasure of what ifs till we see each other again keep loving keep believing keep progressing and achieving cause together we're gonna teach we're gonna trust we're gonna turn loose love y'all